0: Welcome to Storytelling with Lindsay Bednar. Okay, literally take three on our recording. (laughs) Thank you so much for your patience, Meredith. So nice to meet you finally
1: and have you on. Yes, you too. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, I I was laughing out loud as I was reading your website because I think the first thing you said is... um, for like 30 years, you thought astrology was bullshit. Yeah, And um, <laughs> and I thought, oh, I think a lot of people can relate to that. I've always been super into it ever since, I think it was in middle school, my older sister got this, um, astrological book and it, it went to your exact birthdays and oh. every single person I shared it with, it was like, oh, this is me spot on from our, uh, strengths to our weaknesses, to things that we excel in. Um, and so <clears throat> I've I've been interested in it since then, but I know there are a lot of skeptics. And so and and that's where you were. So how did you get to be uh serving the way that you are now?
1: Yeah, it's kind of a crazy story. I grew up very science-minded. I always excelled at science. And I actually in um, my younger years I was into astronomy. And um I say it was prompted by a what I call a spiritual awakening about 10 years ago in 2012, 2013. I went, I kind of joke, I went kind of bonkers. I actually called off an engagement for no reason, really, besides now I know that was my intuition. And I went kind of searching for why I did that, what was going on inside of me, and I took all kinds of classes like Tai Chi, Reiki, kind of woo-woo stuff. And it was through synchronicity that somebody mentioned astrology to me, um, and I was learning all the things back then, so I kind of dove into astrology thinking I can learn it in a weekend. I was like, 12 science, no problem, like, whatever, Um, and I'm like, oh, it's much more complicated than that. I now consider it the Earth's oldest, quote-unquote, science. Uh, You know, many, many cultures, maybe all of them around the world had some kind of form of astrology, and I found it to be a mix of everything that I love, Um, astronomy, math, science, also storytelling, mythology. Um, It's a mix of science and spirit, and that is the way I practice. That's the way I come to the table with it. I had you know, no real plans to be a professional astrologer. It just kind of happened. I had a 17-year, very successful corporate career that I was very good at, but I felt like there was a hand pushing me the whole way, like getting my first office space, launching my website, and it's just kind of organically exploded to a place that I never thought in a million years where I would be. So that's my quick story, long story short, in a nutshell, uh, of how I ended up here.
0: Yeah, I want to go back to several things, because one of the things I'm so fascinated by, and uh, a lot of my guests talk about it, and it's something I've experienced in my own life, is having your first career before you kind of started to follow your passion. And, you know, I say that with, it. I was also, I was a teacher for 12 years, and I was passionate about doing that. Working with kids is, uh, you know, was my absolute favorite thing about the job. And, and I still miss that side of it. Um, but like you said, there, there are just certain nudges that you get to take you to um, a second place. So what was that corporate career job that you were doing? And, and how did you start in that? Was that just something that fell after your major and in, in graduating?
1: Yeah. So back in undergrad, I started as a science major. And I ended up switching to psychology. Which I think is strange now because you know astrology to me is a mix between science and psychology. And I fell into a career as a paralegal. Uh, for 16, 17 years, I worked as an intellectual property paralegal. So I was working with patents mainly. Um, and you know I liked it at first, but after a while, I started googling my or searching my retirement date uh, in my 30s and I realized I was getting kind of checked out of that. Uh, didn't quite have the words for it back then and i you know did that career up until i started this business they overlapped for a little bit which is a lot of my clients say the same thing i went down to part-time in my corporate career not expecting to kind of ever leave that comfy corporate paycheck but the universe had other plans for me and i left uh, officially in 2019 so it's been almost five years of working um exclusively as a professional astrologer
0: wow yeah and a lot of people do have that overlap where they're doing kind of what they call like a side hustle. Side and gig, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> side gig in um, the Passion Project while they're still doing that sort of nine to five. So uh, I think a lot of people are curious like what that process looks like and how did you get to a point where you felt comfortable saying, okay, I can step into this full time now? Was it a leap of faith or did you have certain things that, that happened?
1: It was not comfortable (laughs) it was very uncomfortable Uh, and what i counsel my clients these days is like get better at getting comfortable with with discomfort like i said Mm -hmm. i had no plans Uh, the universe kicked me out of my corporate gig i actually got in a um, i was managing at the time in my corporate world and it was an old-fashioned fight with uh, what i call the old boys club about equal pay for men and women and my moral and ethical compass was spinning out of control I felt almost like physically ill (laughs) agreeing to what they wanted at the table. And yeah, I got in a big fight with the partners of my former law firm. And I resigned on the spot without actually having that income yet from my astrology work. So it was, I guess, a leap of faith and also a kick in the pants from the universe. Uh, Like I said, the universe had other plans, even though I'm a fellow Capricorn like you. I did not feel secure. I did not feel like I had a good groundwork for my business. But again, it all worked out. Um, and it was maybe kind of bigger picture thinking that helped me get to where I am.
0: That's so cool. I love to hear how people are kind of thwarted into their next phase of life, because I think for so many of us, we don't take those steps on our own. It it Mm -hmm. almost has to be thrown at us in a way that we can't, uh, we can't deny, we can't stay put. And And so I'm sure that was uncomfortable, but...
1: It's the intuition, too. Um, You know, as a fellow Capricorn, you're probably very logical-minded, very pragmatic at times. You like to have the plan for the future, all that kind of stuff. But the intuition for me was so loud, Um, even just feeling wrong staying in the job and agreeing to things that I didn't think were, you know, ethically right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So then you uh, started your own business, and Mm -hmm. what did that look like, and how did... How do you start telling people, well, I'm an astrologer and I can make sense of this thing that so many people think is woo-woo and and what did your training look like to to get you to understand um, this whole concept in science?
1: Sure, Uh, I worked with a mentor for years. Uh, Her name is Moon Rabbit. She's right in St. Paul, Minnesota and she's about 50 years experience now. So I learned best from a teacher uh, from one-on-one working. So I did that for years. Then I did self-study with online workshops, books, all that kind of thing. And then before I launched my business, I asked 10 of my friends to find 10 of their friends who I didn't know. And I did free readings for an entire year just to make sure, kind of do the science of this stuff on myself. Does this work? Can I do this? Am I good at this? What can I do with it? So for an entire year, I gave free reading to strangers. And maybe I wasn't reading back then. I was more interviewing them about their chart so I can make sense of it. So that's what I actually recommend anyone starting their own thing or, you know, fine-tuning their gifts and their talents. Um, you know, and I didn't get into this for the money either. Like, it, if money goes away tomorrow, I still want to do this work. I'm very passionate about it. I love it. I actually feel kind of half-retired uh, because I do love my job so much. I don't know if you have a similar kind of wavelength to me. But, yeah, that's, it was a very slow process. Um, does not happen overnight. Um, and it took about three years to build my client base based on word of mouth referrals, um, podcast episodes. That does great. And yeah, just doing, rolling up your sleeves and doing the work. Um, the universe will help you out if this is what you're meant to do.
0: So cool. So for a year, you were essentially without income. So no, speak, I had my doing...
1: corporate job. I was doing Got my it. corporate job and then doing this kind of on the side.
0: Got it. Okay, that makes sense. So uh, yeah, for a lot of people who are listening, if there's something they're looking into doing, that is a fantastic way to build your portfolios to start um, playing around with things for free and and to test it out. I know, um, yeah, uh, a few people who have been uh, learning Reiki, Mm -hmm. and that's exactly kind of what they're doing is is seeing if what they're tapping into is resonating uh, with people. And, And you're Reiki trained as well?
1: I am. I call Reiki a gateway drug in my world. <laughs> uh, I don't, I mean, I use Reiki on my cats now. I don't really do it professionally, but it was in a Reiki class where astrology found me. So I always tell people to kind of like follow your intuition on what classes to take. Cause even if that's not your thing, your thing will find you um, through mm-hmm. connections, through conversation, through different meeting, different people.
0: Yeah. Okay. So In the most like layman's term, uh, for people who are totally new to astrology, and as much as I read things about uh, myself and and Capricorn, uh, I still don't exactly know how the science of all of it works. So Mm -hmm. can you describe um, in a way that us Normies can understand it? (laughs)
1: yeah I'll do my best it is a complex science and even if you want to start with the signs you can gather a lot of information and get to know yourself better by understanding your signs and I tell everybody that we are every sign of the zodiac I mean we are born on a globe when you take that first breath every sign surrounds us so you know you and I are Capricorns that was where the sun was at our birth but everybody has Capricorns somebody in their chart and I think of it like each sign being like a radio dial like a volume uh, kind of spinner like how much of each sign do you have access to how easy is it for you to express that energy for you and i i mean we shine expressing capricorn energy that's the sun sign the sun wants to shine or for another individual it might be difficult for them to tap into their capricorn energy and after you get into the signs you'll learn about the planets each planet has a different influence on us up to pluto and neptune even the outer planets do So very complex science, and I tell people uh, if they want to learn astrology, my favorite author is a man named Stephen Forrest. He, I think, has the greatest writing style. Um, His books are fantastic. I still learn a lot from his books. So if you want to start diving in, pick up The Inner Sky by Stephen Forrest, and that book alone will let you know if you want to go deeper.
0: Mm, Awesome. Matt, I'm going to have that linked in the uh, show notes as well. Yeah, I think it
1: came out in the 70s.
0: Okay, cool. And one of the things, even if people are not into astrology, I hear uh, so often people can at at least relate to the pull of like the full moon Mm -hmm. um, and how there's just an energy, uh, around that time of month. If you're a parent, you've experienced it with your babies. Yep. Um, if you work in the medical field, there is, I was just talking to somebody in the sauna the other day. Um, and we were talking about, uh, he's in the, um, the, the ER and he said around the holidays, you know, they always get a, a wave of people coming in. Um, but he said full moon as well. Uh, it's just very cyclical. And, and so is that, is that in an essence astrology and how is that, um, how is that tied to what you do and what you tap into?
1: Yeah, I can talk about the full moon, and I agree. My nurse clients, they know when a full moon is coming. They brace themselves, right? Even on my website, I put um, a car mechanic nonchalantly said, oh, my gosh, the full moon. We're going to take a while to get to your car. Like, they, they even said it over the phone to me once. And I'll quickly describe the full moon energy. So the sun sign in astrology is symbolic of our conscious identity. That's why you say I am a Capricorn. It's that sense of I. The moon in astrology symbolizes our unconscious identity. So the things buried underneath the surface, I call the moon like the backseat driver in our chart. On a full moon, the sun and the moon in the sky for all of us can't get farther apart. So the sun and moon are at odds. They're in an opposition aspect. So things do get a little bit bonkers. It's like that sense of I isn't connected as easily to that more unconscious or subconscious identity. But I love when I get clients or people that I meet that were born on a full moon because a lot of people are born on full moons and they actually feel better often during the full moon. It's like, that was the energy, um, that was around the day they were born, the minute they took that first breath. So they feel a little bit calmer, uh, which is very fascinating. So everybody will be affected differently by the moon. It depends on your birth chart signatures.
0: Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Cause it, uh, it does seem like it disrupts sleep cycles for sure. I mean, Mm -hmm. on on a full moon, I think everybody can agree it's a little more difficult to fall asleep. Um, I've always associated it with like positive energy, but it's interesting that it's kind of like our shadow side.
1: It is. The sun will illuminate the moon on a full moon. And what it's doing is illuminating our subconscious, our deeper identity, and having that ego maybe malfunction a little bit. And most of us are comfortable in that ego. That's what's you know, reiterated since the day we were born, historically, that ego self. So the full moon, it's like your intuition is heightened. Uh, the subconscious identity wants to surface more, which can make you feel a little bit crazy.
0: Oh, interesting. So are there types of people who fare better with that type of energy? If Are you, um, let's say if you are more in your ego, is that a more difficult time than if you're maybe more grounded?
1: Yeah, I I would say yes. Um, I mean, to each their own kind of question. But if you're more comfortable with the deeper layers of yourself, you know, maybe like the Scorpio people, uh, this is a sign that goes deep that pulls back the onion layers of the ego. There may be a little bit more comfortable on the full moon. Uh, There's other people that's their charts are wired for kind of chaos, where they actually thrive in chaos. So that chaotic energy of the full moon might be more comfortable for them, for example. Does that answer your question?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm always interested by, like the the birthday book I had would say who you are best paired with based on your uh, astrological sign. Um, Is there a lot of truth to that? Are there certain signs that don't
1: mesh well together? Yeah, there is some truth to that. And are you talking in a romantic capacity or just kind of general? uh... All of them, yes, for sure. Okay um so quickly for the sun signs um uh all the signs are linked to either fire earth air and water so um us capricorns for example we have a sister sign we are earth people and our sister sign is cancer a water sign so cancer is medicine for us it's our sister sign okay so you're are compatible with your sister sign but there's also things to learn from the sister sign and historically fire and air are compatible and earth and water and there is a movie from Pixar, I believe, that just came out called Elemental. And all mm. of my clients recommended this movie to me. And I finally watched it a couple nights ago. And I thought it was really well done because they did a good job of kind of showing the differences between fire and water, these two elements that we trying to get along in that movie, which are, quote unquote, classically incompatible. Um, and when I get the romantic question, I always tell people to throw the sun sign out the window because when you're in a romantic deep partnership, that ego will be deconstructed. And I tell people to look at the Venus sign for romantic compatibility. So Venus was somewhere in the sky at your birth and it might not be the same as your sun sign. So Venus is our love language. So when people come you know, stressed out or anxious towards me, like, oh, I met this person and I read in a book that it's not good for me. As I throw it out the window, your chart is much deeper than that. And let's look at the Venus sign to see if this is a compatibility and a love vibration. And I think you know, all signs can get along with a little bit of work, a little bit of elbow grease but there are two signs that struggle the most. And there's actually, I love the science and data on things. It's Taurus and Aquarius. Um, they have a not so great divorce rate with those. Uh, they're actually fixed signs. So Taurus, Aquarius is a, a tough one, but if couples, especially in a romantic capacity can get that to work, it can be magic. But again, that is one that I know that's extra, extra tough.
0: Oh, interesting. And in Aquarius, so I know Taurus is like April, Aquarius, Uh,
1: End of January into February would be Aquarius.
0: Okay. Okay. And that could
1: be sun sign, moon sign, Venus sign, not just a sun sign. want to reiterate that.
0: Okay. Interesting. So I didn't even know about the Venus sign. I know there's the, the moon, the sun, and then how many different types of signs can you have according to your birth chart?
1: Great question. I always tell people to start with what's called the big three. So the big three is your sun sign, which pretty much everybody knows for the most part. The moon sign uh, in your chart is just as important as the sun. So the sun changes signs once a month. The moon changes signs every two and a half days. So look at the moon sign in your chart. Um, That might be different than your sun sign unless you were born on a new moon. And the last of the big three is the rising sign. This is why astrologers will hound you for the birth time. Uh, It is the sign that was rising. On the horizon the moment you took your first breath and this is symbolic of the sign that you actually pump out of your energy field which may not be the same as your sun sign unless you're born at sun rise and astrology the way i practice uses 10 planets so you have a mars sign you have a this is how we fight (laughs) mars is the god of war your mercury sign is how you communicate venus sign is how you give and receive love Uh, then there's a jupiter sign saturn sign neptune sign there's a whole expression of energies available to you Uh, based on the different planetary influences
0: oh interesting so and all of them represent something like conflict love all different types of categories
1: exactly so you know mars the god of war is kind of the conflict planet he And there's a high expression and a low expression of each of these energies. So, you know, Mars is how we fight when we want to punch people in faces, irritation, all that kind of stuff. Mars is a two-year cycle around the sun. So he'll take two years to go around your birth chart. And I'm sure most people listening have heard of the terrible twos. This is a Mars influence where that Mm two-year-old would be like, mine, me, uh, extra tantrums, all that kind of stuff. In the positive expression, Mars is our ambition, our fuel, our energy, our motivation, and our passions. So it's always good to know that there's a positive and negative expression. And I believe it's free will free choice on how we choose to express these energies. Um, But of course, if we're having a Mars day and we're feeling irritable, (laughs) we got to move that energy out of our body. Um, And I can tell in a chart if somebody is prone to suppressing anger based on their signatures.
0: Oh, interesting. Okay, so can you go through some of the other energies? So, uh mars is war conflict.
1: <laughs> yep that's an easy one to remember mercury yep. is the messenger um he is how we communicate so think uh even speak think write um all that stuff is represented by mercury so i look at mercury for actually storytelling aspects and Lindsay, you have a mastery of mercury in your birth chart this is you can either you know say it's in your dna or your past life mastery whatever you're comfortable with belief systems but mercury is strong and grounded and it is a mastery of yours specifically this is how we communicate and mercury is one of the storytellers so i thought that was kind of interesting looking at your chart
0: yeah wow that is so cool i have goosebumps right now
1: oh i call them the truth tingles so that's your dna speaking to you perhaps um and again venus a goddess of love so how we love how we want to be loved venus can also represent money in the birth chart, so love and money kind of have the same symbol. Mars, we talked about. um, The sun, we also talked about that solar expression, that identity. The moon, our unconscious identity. uh, Where'd we go after that? Jupiter. Jupiter is the planet of good luck and abundance. He represents our belief systems. He also tells a bigger type of story. Um, He's what we want to expand in our life. He's the biggest guy in the sky. And Lindsay, in your birth chart, Jupiter was rising at your birth jupiter is prominent in your birth chart and he's another storytelling symbol he tells more of a big picture story where mercury the messenger tells the details of the story and you've got both in your birch and i don't know much about you besides you have a storytelling podcast and that fits so well with your birth chart isn't that kind wow. of like wild like you just that's why i'm like i can't make this stuff up
0: holy cow yeah i mean uh, podcast uh i'm a publisher um i love jupiter's a
1: pu- the rules publishing okay
0: bigger picture storytelling wow yeah writing is uh writing my love as well as sharing stories from my own to other people's to everything so that's that is incredible
1: and jupiter wow. is also the teacher he is kind of the guru the wisdom keeper he represents knowledge and he's a 12-year cycle so he takes 12 years to grow in the sun and 12 years to grow on your birth chart. And I think you mentioned earlier, you had a 12 year career as a teacher. Wow. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
0: This is wild. It's
1: getting weird, okay. isn't it?
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, uh, so then if that commenced in 12 years, uh, this, I, am I in this 12 year cycle of storytelling in a different way and or,
1: it's I mean, possible. I, you know, I'd want to do some prep work in your chart and ask you, like, historically, when did you start the podcast? When did you leave? When did chapters close in your life? All that kind of thing. But when people say 12 years, I'm like, okay, that's a Jupiter hit. Let's just let me confirm that Jupiter was involved in this career change for you. And I'm pretty sure <laughs> he was. Um, and it's very possible. How, how many years are you into this version of your career now, the podcast? And um, I
0: left teaching in the spring of 2020.
1: Oh, so you're more than 12 years in. Um, well,
0: <clears throat>
1: the podcast
0: I started this past, no uh, a year ago, the, in November. So 12 so. years
1: after you quit teaching, you started a podcast. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, it all lines up. <laughs> oh. Wow. Yeah. Okay.
0: That's amazing.
1: Um, so okay. Should... Do, do you want me to keep going? There's a couple more planets we can talk about. Um, yes. Yeah. Saturn is outside of Jupiter. So Saturn is nicknamed the Lord of Karma. Uh, He represents our biggest lessons, kind of like mountains to climb where we might be hitting our head against the wall in life. Uh, But it's important to master Saturn, kind of like Saturn demands we do things the long, slow, hard way, get them right. And he's a 28, 29-year cycle. Uh, and He's a planet of discipline and responsibility. He actually rules Capricorn. So me and you theoretically friends with Saturn where other people might not be. And um, in our late 20s, uh, it's called the Saturn return. He'll return to the point in the sky where he was at our birth. So Saturn lessons usually come up in our late 20s. And what Saturn wants you to do is kind of like take responsibility for your life, maybe make some changes, find a career, family energy, that kind of stuff. Um, The only way Saturn will throw you a crisis is if you don't have your shit together, basically. In your late 20s, he might throw you something. So my Saturn return in my late 20s, I got promoted. I bought a house, all this kind of like saturnian capricorn stuff where my husband got arrested (laughs) during his saturn return so like that was the universe getting him back on track uh so saturn more a little bit more difficult planet jupiter's more like abundant Uh, so you got to have that polarity that duality uh in the chart and then beyond saturn we have uranus he's he's a wild guy even in astronomy he doesn't follow the rules uh he's tipped on his side he's the weirdo of the zodiac so In your birth chart, Uranus is where you're going to be like weird and the universe wants you to be authentic and break any chains that bind you. After Uranus, we have Neptune. He's the planet of spirituality. His other name is Poseidon, god of the sea. So Neptune represents kind of we're all universal drops in this big cosmic ocean. Very psychic planet, very intuitive planet. And my work connected to angels and spirit guides kind of thing. And I like the example of Neptune to explain to people the big difference between positive and negative expression Neptune represents spirituality but in the low expression represents spirits escapism so again if there's alcoholic or drug addiction signatures um, in a birth chart I can see the potential for that but I also know in my world I believe this is a very spiritually gifted person that might be numbing themselves because they don't know what to do with these gifts does that make sense how I explain Neptune absolutely okay yep yep and then finally, uh, Pluto is still a planet in astrology, never lost planetary status. He's way far out there. He's the lord of the underworld. He re- represents really our shadow, what we need to transform, what we need to transmute. He can represent our fears, our paranoias. So, if you were born, for example, with a fear of heights or some weird phobia that doesn't make logical sense, That could be Pluto in your birth chart. What is like deep inside you or your cellular memory or your DNA, whatever you want to say, that you need to conquer fear. Um, And Pluto is the most powerful planet, actually. He's a very power-packed planet. Power is another key word for Pluto. And it's free will, free choice. Do you want to use Pluto to power up? Or do you have power struggles with other people? Are you likely to get disempowered by events or situations? That could be Pluto in your birth chart. So that's a really quick rundown of uh, the ten planets oh. that we use so the with the like the f- f-
0: fear associated with Pluto, how would that show up in certain people's lives? so for instance, um, I can vividly remember the first time I had to uh, public speak in high school I had a public speaking class. Um, I think I've talked about it on this podcast before. Yes, I have, because one of my guests was a friend who was in that class and she was so eloquent and blew it out of the water and I got up there and like froze. And it, for years, I just kept replaying that in my head and I was terrified of public speaking. I remember being in college, purposely wearing the turtleneck so that people can see like my splotchy red neck if I got the nerves, which I was Mm -hmm. sure I did. Um, And it's been such a... Uh, like a, a pain point that I've worked really hard on trying to overcome that over the years, because I really do enjoy just, you know, talking with people. And it, it's so something I've wanted to overcome. So is that, would that be somehow influenced by Pluto?
1: Yes. Um, so I'll give you a couple layers. And again, uh, take or leave it anything that I say. Your birth chart tells me that you have actually some past karma with public speaking. Um, And the fear that is popping into my head as I look at your chart is like somewhere inside you, it's like you have this fear of shining your light, of showing like this true light nature. And it's possible if you were into past life theory, that got you in trouble in past lives. So your DNA made a note, keep yourself small because you got burned at the stake or hung or whatever that looks like. And again, take this to leave this based on your belief system. But Pluto is, um, you got some work to do with Pluto, actually, Lindsay there is some deep rooted fear and it's about almost maybe about being liked or, you know, kind of, again, that shining your light and wanting everybody to like what they see. And that might be kind of a hurdle for you to climb, Uh, stepping into your true authentic nature. And as long as you have no malicious intent, what does it matter if people like what you say kind of thing? So yeah, Mm -hmm. the first thing that popped in my head is like, there's a fear somewhere about shining your light. Does that make sense Mm -hmm. to you?
0: Yes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Um, It's, And it uh, has come up in pretty much every reading I've had with anybody who can, Reiki and intuitive, anybody who can tap into um, me more deeply. Um, I've had several instances as of late where I've really put myself out there and felt totally fine with whatever comes back. And so I feel like I'm practicing it and getting more comfortable with it, but yeah, I think there's something uh, deeply rooted that it's I don't know uh, other than just trying to keep practice authenticity and and not uh, having fear of what comes back, um, are there any practical uh, applications of working through all that?
1: Yeah, you got some tough signatures here. I mean, really affirmations might be good for you, you know, I am worthy, I am confident, you know, all that kind of stuff, kind of like fake it till you make it. And really how I see your chart on the public stage is you are learning in this lifetime to really step into main character energy. Um, There's plenty of kind of people pleasing energy in your chart, kind of like always thinking about other people, how your actions affect other people It can almost like feel like an obsession at times. And you might feel a little bit selfish about putting yourself first or be like, look at me, Um, you know, all that kind of stuff. So there is a journey. You're an incredibly, incredibly old soul. I don't know if you feel that. You might even say to your friends, like, my soul feels tired. (laughs) Um, You can take responsibility for things in your life that aren't yours. Uh, You're wired to think about others. Um, You've got this kind of Capricorn mentality. But the good thing, let me talk about Capricorn, which you have plenty of Capricorn in your birth chart. Capricorn is the only sign of the zodiac that reverse ages. So I don't know if you can relate to kind of getting less pressure on yourself as you age, kind of a little bit more younger and carefree as you get older and myself as well, being a Capricorn. And my favorite example of Capricorn is Betty White. She lived till 99.9, which is hilarious in her line of work. And she was swearing and dancing on tables in her nineties. So that is kind of Capricorn. So give yourself grace and time. Um, This is not something in your birth chart where you can just snap your fingers, sparkles, unicorns. I'm good. This is a process. um, And it actually is a, process that develops every seven years so think about any seven year stepping stones with regards to your fear of public speaking maybe it started at seven and 14 years old it hit the fast track i'm not sure how that played out for you but you'll Mm -hmm. see evolution uh in that in seven year cycles interesting
0: okay wow
1: a lot to absorb i know so i know so much and
0: it's all super spot on um and i think you know it it is interesting how i do have such a desire to like in storytelling and helping people bring their stories forward but it's not lost on me that since i've done that more um my own writing my own blogging and things that i'm i've always loved expressing and sharing have taken a back seat mm. and i think that that's you know my subconscious kind of like mm, let other people do this and and you can just be the the conduit to allow them to to share and then you can just keep your stuff back here so there is some of that too I think
1: yeah um i'm trying to find language for the other expression i see in your chart but what i see in your chart is there's a piece of you that gets healed yourself when you see other people expressing themselves when you see that Mm. your impact has made a difference in another person's life, you actually get a boost from that. It's a reciprocal energy. So even though you might be putting your own work on, like written work on the back shelf, you're not putting your soul's work on the back seat, if that makes sense. Um, You've got, I'll throw you another character in the birch chart. I didn't talk about this guy, but he's a planet, I guess NASA says he's a dwarf planet named Chiron, C-H-I-R-O-N. He is nicknamed the wounded healer or the bridge. And you have a prominent Chiron in your birth chart. And this is more linked to your soul's energy, not the ego. Um, So your soul has this, I guess, desire or passion to be a bridge uh, for people to find more security, comfort, safety in their life, expressing themselves in the way that they want to express themselves.
0: Hmm. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. It it for sure is... uh... Super important to me, and and <clears throat> again, that was my favorite part of of teaching was just uh, those connections with um, students, allowing them to feel
1: seen, heard, and,
0: and all of that.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, I see the um, the kind of the draw towards children. And mo- do you have kids? Are you a mother? Yeah, I yeah. Have t- that was part of your soul contract to become a mother. Um, which is actually not necessarily a Capricorn thing. So Betty White, uh, Dolly Parton, other Capricorns never had kids, more business, but there's other signatures in your chart. So you're actually moving away from the Capricorn in this life and heading towards the sister sign of cancer, which is mother energy. And your soul contract in your birth chart is in cancer, that mother energy. Hmm.
0: Yeah, I can, I I never felt more myself than when I became a mother, so that, Absolutely makes sense.
1: It's authentic. I assume there was always a draw even when you're younger. Um, yeah. Or maybe you struggle a little bit, but there's a, a strong pull towards motherhood in your birth chart. Again, not typical for every Capricorn.
0: Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. My uh, my daughter is a Capricorn, and she's, I can already tell, very maternal. And she's, she's born old, I bet. Yeah. <laughs> Capricorns are kind of born old, want to be the boss. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes. Yep, and she's my firstborn, and so she's very Mm -hmm. firstborn, but she has this, like, maternal caretaking nature that um, might not be a lot of Capricorns, but for sure, I think one of her uh, biggest things she'll enjoy doing in her lifetime is becoming a mother.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be something else in her birth chart, but... Yeah, her Capricorn energy probably she doesn't shy away from responsibility. She can be self-disciplined. Uh how old is she? She is 11. Okay. So, yeah, age 7 is a big thing for the Capricorn kids and then 14. Again, those are 7-year cycles for her as well.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: Interesting. Uh so it, are are you a mother? I am not. Nope, Capricorn. Okay. Uh, no kids for this
0: one. <laughs> okay. And so I, I didn't realize that was a common uh, thing with Capricorns. And so it's a lot of business. Um, and I heard you earlier say pragmatic, logical. It's interesting you say that because uh, my husband, I've always thought, is the pragmatic, logical one of the two mm. of us. And I am the dreamer. I'm very circular. Um, I am led very much by my intuition uh, as opposed to what like makes – sense <laughs> oh really. that's
1: part of your soul contract too i don't know oh. if you're more logical minded as a young person but you've got both in your chart both expressions you've got kind of the planner B energy you've got the business energy you've got grounded energy but there's a wide open space of intuitive guidance in your birth chart and you might feel at times that there's an angel devil in your shoulder like am i thinking this am i feeling this but motherhood was what was supposed to crack your intuition even wider open So I don't know if you threw the baby books out the window at times or argued with doctors about what they were saying, (laughs) that kind of thing. But stepping into motherhood was like those floodgates of intuition were opened and it might have been harder to go back to rely on that logical mindset.
0: Mm, That's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah, there's so much that comes in um, after becoming a mother, especially for me and uh, arguing with doctors or not heeding advice. Yes.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And I can tell like you feel things in your body. I bet like if you make the wrong decision or you say yes, when you really meant to say no, you get a ping in your body. Don't you like just kind of like a, like a tweak.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, my solar plexus is very much where I store, uh, my energy, which, um, has had it's good and bad, but I feel things very clearly when Mm -hmm. it's, when it's right or when
1: it's not right Mm mm-hmm and yeah I can see also when you walk into a room you can probably read it whether you know you're doing that or not like pick up the energy but it looks like people might have trouble reading you at times so I don't know if you've yeah like I don't know if you've been told that you're intimidating or people have given you feedback when they first met you that surprised you but you're you got some force fields going on so you can read the room but uh, unless people are super intuitive they can't always read you yeah I've uh I've been told
0: by many people that um I don't know if it's my eyes or something, but they say you, you looks like your wheels are turning like mm-hmm. when I'm just in conversation with people. Maybe they are. I don't know. But um, yeah, like I I don't know. I don't know if they think it's I'm, I'm suppressing something or hiding something.
1: Um, Maybe both because you are a Scorpio rising. So this is the energy you're actually pumping out when you're interviewing me today. When you just first meet people, it's Scorpio energy coming out of your aura. Scorpio is a sign of mystery intrigue secrets like deep emotions all that kind of stuff you show that sign to people first your capricorn is going to come out next once you get to know people a little bit better and your moon sign is going to be the last sign you show people so that's scorpio yeah that's that's why you're getting that feedback scorpio can be intimidating can't quite get a read on the scorpios usually have deep eyes scorpio risings um you're a little fuzzy right now can't see your eyes but yeah that's your scorpio nature I'm sure you want to go deep, you want to get raw, want to get to kind of like the bottom of things. You can certainly talk about the weather, but you'd rather kind of like go big or go home.
0: Yes, (laughs) yes. Small talk makes me like, I wouldn't say uncomfortable. It's just uh, there's a million. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: All right, like next. (laughs) Yep, I want to just hole up with one or a few people and just go deep and um,
1: yeah, no, your chart's like, yeah, the weather's fine, but, like, what happens after we die? <laughs> like, I see you, like, really, like, you might scare some people with the questions. Not everybody's wired like that. Yeah, it reminds me of the Barbie movie where they're all dancing, and she's like, have you guys ever thought about
0: death? <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's your Scorpio rising. Conversation at a party. Uh, yeah, that is so funny. Okay, so, oh, well, I didn't, I mean, now it makes sense if I'm, uh, I'm not disarming enough to people. Maybe that's part of my, um, maybe I'm picking up on that energy. And so that has to do with my like desire to people please or something. I don't know. You've got
1: a lot of people pleasing energy in your birth chart. There's plenty of mm. that. So again, you're a mix of every sign. You've got a lot of Libra, which is the people pleasing energy. energy or a Scorpio rising, which is very deep and penetrating. You've got a lot of Capricorn. You actually have a lot of Taurus as well. So, not sure if you've heard of Taurus stubborn stubborn. Bull, you've got a stubborn streak. <laughs> you do. <laughs> it's there.
0: Okay, I do. Yep my uh, my parents are Tauruses, and we always joke that my mom is not only is she a Taurus, she's one hundred percent Norwegian, so she's mm. got. A couple of those. Um, but I'm fifty percent, and I yes, I am stubborn.
1: Um, okay. Well, that's interesting because the moon sign, another symbolic uh, rep- representation of that, is mother. So your moon sign is Taurus. And it sounds like your mom is a Taurus. That does uh, work out like that sometimes. And if you're a mother, look at the moon sign in your kids' charts, because that's you, Lindsay. That's the lens that they're viewing you through. They might have a Capricorn moon. They might not. Um, but yeah, moon in the birth chart is also symbolic of our mother. Oh, interesting. OK, mm-hmm. so how they, how they
0: perceive me. Yeah. I mean,
1: if you come with a family of like five or six kids, they all probably have different moon signs. They probably all siblings Uh have different opinions of mom. (laughs) How did they receive mother's energy? They're not all receiving it the same. I always tell mothers, look at your kid's moon sign because that's how they're going to receive love from you. That's how they're going to feel safe with you. And that might not be the same for each kiddo. That is so fascinating because
0: I've talked to so many people where, you know, you come from a family, you all have you have the same set of parents, but no kid comes having the same exact relationship with their parents. And why is that? And is it just a birth order, which I do think contributes to it for sure. But yeah, um, it, it's first, it's got to be deeper than that. So that's, that's very interesting.
1: Yeah, it's maybe it's all energy, you know, um, you have an energetic signature, both your kids have energetic signatures. And how do you bounce off of each other? How do you receive that energy? Is it you know, irritating is a little bit oof gets under my skin, or is it just all love bubbles? It's all a spectrum, right? Right. Oh, fascinating. Okay, I need to figure that out so that I know, <laughs> you know, what they're
0: not running to a therapist for about me in
1: the future. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like your girl. You have two girls. Is that what you said? You have two. Daughters? Uh, I have
0: a girl and a boy. But oh, okay. Interesting that you said two girls Um, because I've had some intuitives pick up my son has a highly intuitive sensitive energy so I've had people pick up that he is a uh, his energy can has uh, feminine
1: is he your second then yeah yeah he's got healer vibes yeah Um, yeah very divine feminine very grounded he's got his five senses amplified too I don't know if he's picky about sheets or food or on his skin um or smells of nice. like garbage before anybody else does looks like you have that too a little bit your five senses are very fine-tuned but your six senses as well mm,
0: yeah his um his sixth sense is there uh yeah. as far back as I remember I have a video of him as a baby and I'm recording him kind of laying in my hand and he is tracking over my shoulder just giggling and, and going and going and then um as he got older I've had several more of those situations like he was yeah maybe, he's like
1: a baby buddha in the birch chart. very sensitive yeah. he was looking at fairies behind you or something yeah. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> okay yeah
0: um interesting that makes so much sense Nighttime. um nighttime i make i make sure he feels very safe that's at the time. yeah
1: and maybe even clear his energy he's very empathic it looks like so he can kind of like pick up emotions from other people and they can get stuck in his body so is he young enough to like get tucked in at story time kind of thing are we doing um yes okay one of the things i tell parents with sensitive kids or empathic kids Um, And take this or leave this too. It works for my clients. You hold out your hands when you're tucking them in and you say, okay, give me your ick if you've got any icky stuff in your body. And then have the child use their imagination to pull out snakes from their belly, you know, fire from their head or whatever they want to do. Try and have fun with it. And then weigh your hands down as you're using the imagination to do this. And then make sure they're done. Say, are you done? You got everything out of your body? And then walk to the bathroom and flush the toilet. And just that action can help clear Mm -hmm. the energy field so if there's anything icky stuck in there throughout the day, that won't follow them to sleep.
0: Oh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah, he's a kiddo that um, <clears throat> if I'm ever off for any reason, he knows it and will uh, very much come by my side and make sure I'm okay. Um, yeah. Very yeah, intuitive. he
1: has like the signatures that he didn't know he was a separate being from you till he was like two or three. <laughs> <That> you're like <laughs> the same body. I don't know if he was very clingy or... Like separation anxiety. Like you were, you were like the same person in his little mind uh, the first couple years of his life. Wow. That will never go away. So, like, if he's in France when he's an adult, like, he will still be able to pick up your energy field if you're not in the same location.
0: It's so funny you say that because uh, obviously I'm so close with both of them, but there's something about him where it's like he is my little monkey. And I, for the first time, I've started to understand that whole like, dynamic of moms having a really hard time letting their sons go as they get Mm -hmm. older um and i i think in my head about the future when some you know young woman's gonna enter his life and and he he's gonna no longer see me as the the all you know be all end all um and that's a difficult like reality to accept Uh, and obviously it's so healthy and important whatever but I think, oh my gosh, like I used to think that was crazy that moms could think that or feel like that, but Mm. now I get it.
1: Yeah, no, he's a soulmate of yours and it looks like you'll like her. Don't worry. (laughs) You guys will be buddies. (laughs) He's not going to pick anyone that you wouldn't get along with. I can just see that. That's going to be a resonance.
0: Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Yay. Well, whoever you are in the future, I will welcome you with open arms. Uh huh. Oh, that's cool. Okay. Gosh, I mean, I have so many questions, but there's already so many like, aha um,
1: connections. Um, And yeah, if there's anyone listening that just really wants to dive deeper, I know astrology isn't for everyone, and that's okay. Uh, Even learning it is not for everybody. I always say I have every ability to learn how to change my own oil, but I'd rather pay someone to do that for me. Um, But there's plenty of apps on the phone these days. So like Time Passages is an app that I recommend. I love that one. It gives you a daily horoscope. Uh, You can plug in your kid's info, and it'll tell you their moon sign. If you're a mom, you can look at what they kind of look at you through. Um, There's also CoStar Pattern. There's a new app, it seems like, every day. So plenty of astrology out there. It is getting more and more wild more and more popular even when i was on hbo streaming it said movies for tourist season i was like okay it's just everywhere um so yeah. we are thought to be moving into the age of aquarius as a collective not sure if you heard the song from the 70s or just a rumor yes. about that but aquarius is the weirdest sign it's uh definitely getting weird on the planet and aquarius is the sign that rules astrology so more astrology numerology alternative ways of getting to know ourselves on a deeper level will be emerging
0: so why do you think that astrology has been basically vilified in Western culture? Because it's like, as you said, one of the oldest sciences, but there seems to be this um, pseudoscience idea of it. And, you know, it's just a horoscope you see in a, a, the newspaper um, that people don't really take seriously. So what do you think attributes to all of that?
1: I mean, short answer, I don't know. I have my own personal theories and it's, you know, not just astrology, it's plant medicine. It's, it's all kinds of stuff. And, you know, I grew up very religious and I was taught this stuff is the devil's work. You're going to hell. And it just, even as a five-year-old, I'm like, that doesn't make any sense (laughs) in my little body. I just never resonated with it. So, you know, Mm -hmm. the short answer is, I don't know, but there seems to be kind of a theme with astrology or any other tool on this planet that can help. You get to know yourself on a deeper level, like how you think, how you feel, your gifts, your talents. I don't know why there seems to be this suppression of this information, but it's not working anymore. More and more people Mm -hmm. are waking up, are asking questions. Even me thinking astrology was something I could learn in a weekend. I was wrong about that. It is super complex. It's super ancient language. It's like learning another language and learning how to interpret it. And you know, again, like I said, I don't know, um, but I'm happy to see even you know streaming on HBO these days. They have you know movies for Aries, movies for Taurus. Like it's coming online, and every week there seems to be a new app on the phone for astrology. So why was it underground for so long? As maybe our collective consciousness was more asleep. I don't know, but I'm so happy that that's changing.
0: Yeah, Amen. And I like that you spoke to the fact that it, people have attributed. Things of this nature to like the devil's work because (laughs) I am such a spiritual person I have such a strong connection with God I always tell people I talk to him frequently he mostly listens Um, and I am so uh, grateful for the tools that these various modalities have given and it just strengthens my connection like I have um, intuitive readers that I connect with um, on a yearly basis several of them and um, I've never felt more connected to like my guides or my purpose, um, you know, my, my loved ones on the other side than I have in doing these. And so I challenge anybody listening who thinks, you know, this is by any means disconnected from all that, that it's it's one more example of how connected we all are, how connected everything is. And if we operate from that lens, then, you know, then we can really start to integrate and appreciate all of these tools. I agree.
1: And I think of astrology as almost proof that we are a piece of God. Um, and I'm happy to hear that you kind of feel similarly like all these tools are gifts to us. And it's free will free choice on whether we want to use any of them. And I don't want to force astrology or any other belief system down anyone's throat. I encourage everyone to kind of study it on your own. And if it's not for you, that's OK, too.
0: Well, I am very confident that after listening to this, there are a lot of people who are going to want to work with you. So please let us know um, in which ways you serve humans and and the different ways that they can work with you.
1: Sure. So right now I'm booked out quite a bit, which is, you know, I'm so eternally grateful for this. Um, We're recording this in December of 2023. I'm booked out about two months in advance right now, and I'm currently cutting all of my extracurriculars. I have gone, you know, to yoga studios, work with people in classes. I have online workshops. I'm cutting all those out right now so I can focus more on my one-on-one practice and, you know, get people that want to come in to see me and work with them one-on-one. I believe that's probably what I'm supposed to be doing. Uh, There is a gift on my birth chart with one-on-one kind of like personal connection with people. So if you are interested in booking with me, um, get on my website, EarthlingAstrology.com. If you're not sure what to book, I recommend starting with just a basic birth chart reading or I offer a combination reading, which is a mix of everything that I can do. So if you want to just get your feet wet and see what it's all about, um, you know, book 30 or 60 minutes, depending on what feels right to you. And again, book soon uh, because I am booking out quite a bit in advance and my waiting list is going by the day. And again, eternally grateful for that. So I'm going to cut out my extracurricular so I can focus more on one-on-one sessions.
0: Well, congratulations on uh, the fact that you're booked months out. It is obviously a testament to, um, people that are really reaping the benefits of connecting with you and so that's awesome to hear thank you
1: yeah i never expected this (laughs) i mean i thought i'd be like i think we talked about my corporate gig was i was gonna do that you know and this but it just maybe god the universe had this in mind for me too and it feels right and it feels good and i no longer dread going to work and if there's anyone out there that does Um, you can escape (laughs) i did it i know so many more people that have done it if you feel called if you feel that push um the universe will help you out uh, if you we're meant to follow our passions, that's what we're meant to do. Follow our excitement. Such a great note to end on. I,
0: I'm such, I'm so passionate about, uh, just reminding people that when we have those nudges to follow our passion, that yeah, the universe is going to take care of us and you don't have to have the Sunday scaries. You can wake up Monday, feeling so excited to dive into work mm-hmm. and to knowing that you're in your purpose and you're serving in a way that aligns with your gifts and who you are. Um, it's super cool. And I, I, I love that the vast majority of people I connect with are doing just that. Mm-hmm. And so um, I hope that inspires people in that way, too. Yeah,
1: it's happening. I mean, everyone knows there's a mass exodus from the corporate environment. Uh, people are trusting the universe more, you know, discarding some of that logical and pragmatic mind, or as I say, shooting themselves, I should do this, I should, 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 but your intuition is going to get louder and louder and louder, your body will try and direct you where you're supposed to go.
0: Mm. Oh, beautiful. Meredith, this has been so amazing. Uh, I am so grateful to you. Uh, what an incredible human you are doing just amazing things. So, thank you so much for sharing the time with us. Thank today. you, Lindsay. It's been an honor. Yeah, and I will be in touch uh, for a further session, no doubt. Okay.